Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jawhead and Dock and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show today. Coming up over the next couple of hours, well, the jackpot in the lotto wasn't won again last night. And there is a big prize outstanding. Did did you know this? In the Drogheda area that hasn't been claimed and it needs to be claimed by the weekend. We're going to have a chat with Fran Wirty from the lottery on the show today. Aoife McPartland is with us, a wonderful lady who established the Irish Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital in County Mead. But sadly, they have to leave where they are and they're looking for a place to go. We're going to have a chat with her in a while. Sea swimming, I know lots of you have taken to the seas in the last year and love it along the East Coast. Well, Grania McGrath is a sea swimming coach uh, from Balbriggan and she's out in the Irish Sea along counties Meath and Loud coastlines and North County Dublin. And it's interesting to hear what she has to say about sea swimming and the potential dangers lurking in the waters there. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, remember the numbers 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me to the show. If you want to call in, it's 1850-715-958. We're going to try and connect with the Philippines now. If I can, Father Shea Cullen, I hope he's on the line. Let's see if we have him there. It's a long way away and we're trying to make the connection. Father Shea, are you there? Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear, Father Shea. Thank you so much for joining me on Late Lunch this afternoon. You're welcome. Very good. Now, we are talking in the context of the infamous case at this stage. Father, uh, uh, you know about Kieran Craven, the uh, former RTE employee, and he's uh, been jailed in recent days uh, for what can only be described as horrific crimes involving the abuse of children. Um, Father Shea, you're out in the uh, the Philippines for a long time now, and you work in this area uh, because you established an organisation out there called Prida, uh, a foundation in the Philippines aimed at, you know, helping children and women who suffer abuse. This case has shocked us back home here in Ireland. With your experience and what you've been through, it hardly shocks you, I take it. No, uh, not very much, really. Uh, We're dealing with uh, victims of child sexual abuse and human trafficking almost every day of our working life here. We have a home, uh, a shelter, uh, providing therapy and uh, healing 
uh, have a, a big staff of fe all female social workers and therapists caring for these children. And we see so many of them and many are victims of, uh, you know, sex traffickers and sex traffickers and pedophiles coming from Ireland. Uh, this is a destination. I read the words that the Philippines is the epicentre of abuse tourism. Isn't that shocking to contemplate? Well, it is a massive demand. You see, uh, it's, it's remember, it's a demand and supply. And the demand is coming from all the developed countries, Australia, America, uh, the European countries and uh, Korea. Uh, these are the development countries that have lots of money and leisure time and they're all connected on the Internet. And they offer big money to traffickers here uh, to procure children and to sexually abuse them, firstly online. And that's what this guy did. Uh, they, and he uh, contacted uh, a, a pimp here, a trafficker, and he uh, then uh, did sex online. We got the child to be abused in front of a camera, you know, on a cell phone. And then he came out here. And he con contacted that uh, trafficker who brought him to the children and he then sexually abused them and he videotaped himself doing it. It makes me sick to the pit of my stomach, I have to say. And when you say that people can do this, they don't even have to travel to the Philippines now because of the technology today. They can be here in Ireland and uh, involved in this sordid uh, activity. Well, yes, and I tell you what all the public in Ireland should be doing is challenging the telecommunications corporations who allow it to happen. They are the enablers. They are connected to the telecommunications here in the Philippines, and they're all interconnected, and they will not. Uh, there's, there is software that can be installed on their uh, servers. They're the ISPs or the Internet server providers, and they should uh, install uh, software to block all of this uh, child sexual abuse online. They can do it. And especially the transmission of the uh, child uh, sexual abuse uh, images. Uh, this is what this guy uh, Kraben had on his uh, laptop and on his cell phone. Uh, hundreds of these uh, pictures of children being abused. And every child, every picture of an abused child is a victim. And uh, it's the internet uh, providers which uh, have to be challenged. I'm challenging them here since 2009. I was able to get a law passed uh, with some of our friends in the Senate, which mandated that the telecommunications corporations and the ISPs install blocking software. They refuse to do it. They prefer to pay a small fine, you know, uh, a few, uh, you know, 100,000 uh, 100, uh, euro and they get away with uh, these crimes. So, but in Ireland, uh, they're not using blocking software, that's for sure, but they should do. And the, and the doll should bring in a new law to um, enforce them to do it. I couldn't agree with you more. If it's that simple and it can be done like that, surely we have to act on this straight away to save children from the absolute vile behaviour of a group of, of individuals. The other thing I wanted to ask you, so that's one aspect of this that could be done pretty quickly. What about on the ground out there, the people who facilitate this? You mentioned the pimps. Families, uh, are the family members involved? Do families knowingly allow this happen to their children? Or are these children that have no parents, are abandoned? What's that scene like? 
Yes, well, uh, some of them are children who have been abandoned by their parents or the pe- family breaks up and they leave the children with some uh, distant auntie or uh, uncle and uh, they get into, they see the big money. Uh, they don't have much uh, personal love for the children, but they see them as a chance to exploit the children. And uh, they get the, get them online. You know, uh, all they need is a cell phone and an internet connection. So that's why I, I, uh, we have to hold the telecommunications corporations very responsible. But these uh, relatives are, are, do get uh, participate in this uh, crime. But also, uh, they work as a team. Just somebody has to be at the money exchange, the Western Union, or the money exchange office. So when the pedophile, like this Kraben, when he calls up to have a show, they call it a sex show with children, uh, when they're ready to run the sex show, they have to send the money. And they immediately, through this internet again, uh, send the money to Western Union and the, the, the person, uh, part of the team who's abusing the children is waiting there. As soon as they get the money, then they call the abuser and says, let the show go on. And they collect the money. And then the guy, uh, maybe like Craven, he calls them back after uh, an hour and he orders another show and more sex abuse of these children. What I would like to say is I wish the Garda in, 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 the, in the Ireland, the Garda would cooperate with us and get the information about those victims. They're still being victimized. We at Preda, we rescue children. We're able to uh, do some undercover work and find out where these children are. And with clues, uh, it's possible we might find them. Uh, we need the cooperation, the police to trust us in the NGO community because uh, we're able to get convictions. We, the children are empowered in our centers. They are uh, full of self-confidence after their therapy, and they want to get justice, and they fight for justice. And every year we get an average of 16 to 18 convictions of these pedophiles and traffickers. And they go to jail. They get life sentences in the Philippines. The law is very strict. And uh, this is uh, the work we're doing. So if we did have uh, good cooperation with the Garda and they trusted in us, uh, they can connect us, uh, they can call me directly, uh, give us information. But, you know, uh, they don't. They want to go through the police here and in this country. And they can't, uh, you know, work, uh, shall I say, irregularly. They, uh, but the police are very corrupt and they're not interested in uh, finding these people. When you mentioned the whole area of uh, the uh, internet providers, telecommunications companies being able to block this, um, surely it is um, uh, 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 behoven of us to put more resources, as you say there, into trying to identify these people. Because if they're out there on the internet and they're making connections, well, there has to be a way with more resources and more, um, you know, more... Um, what would you say, desire and and want to sort this out, to, to go from that angle as well and identify these people? Absolutely. And I mean, uh, there's, uh, you know, so many in Ireland, uh, super uh, computer hackers and experts, you know, and they should mm. use all their hacking skills to the good, saving and protecting children out there, doing it legally. All they have to do is to get a green light from the Garda and they can uh, start uh, searching uh, online and uh, tracking down these uh, IPs, uh, you know, and to find where are the computers and where are the cell phones of these abusers. There's so much more can be done. I mean, Microsoft uh, 
and they have a video um, DNA, they call it. That's the name of their software and photo DNA. And these are experts in uh, uh, softwares in, in finding um, a lot of these uh, child abuse images. So a lot can be done, I agreed, but I think uh, we really have to get uh, you know, legislation for the telecommunications they should be able to stop this. Mm. And uh, when you see the way Craven was apprehended as well by a group of people who are interested in this and they set the trap for him, and if he can be caught in that fashion, I'm sure there are there are many more. You've written extensively, extensively from your experience, and I've been reading it the last few days, you know, about trying to get into the mindset. This like Craven, you know, didn't spring to mind or didn't seem unusual or didn't raise a red light with anybody. Now, in hindsight, people are all obviously commenting that they notice things about him. And I suppose a lot of these people, and they're mostly men, we have to say, majority, vast majority men operate, you know, covertly as well and don't really stand out. How do you, you know, reconcile your, the mindset of somebody who goes down this road? Well, there is, uh, we have to, uh, one thing is, as I wrote in uh, my recent column in the Manila Times and on my subscriber list to all my uh, subscribers at Prada.org, we did explain that there is a childhood problem, parenting. I mean, parents who abuse their children verbally, psychologically, physically, even sexually, there's so much of that going on and you don't see it. It's all behind closed doors. And children are terrified to to talk about it, you know. You know, we grew up in Ireland, even in my day, it used to be children uh, could be seen but never heard, you know. So don't say anything. And uh, their parents, uh, abusers, the majority of the, uh, actually the sex abusers that we are dealing um, with are parents. Uh, they are biological fathers raping their children. And this is because of the, uh, internet, uh, they have these cell phones, they get uh, so looking at child abuse images, uh, it, it's really shocking. I have 10-year-old kids and uh, boys, uh, three of them, 11 and 12-year-olds, and they watching these images on the internet uh, here on their cell phones, cheap, cheap cell phones from China, uh, smartphones, and they then went out and they uh, sexually abused a five-year-old. Many times that has happened. So uh, you see, it's 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 uh, everywhere, and in childhood and childhood abuse uh, creates uh, pedophiles. There's no question about that. And we've heard this in many trials, even in Ireland, in the UK, wherever they uh, uh, have experts to describe their childhood of abuse, and they grow up. Not everyone. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of victims of child sexual abuse, and they remain silent all their life. They abuse no one. They suffer in silence. And that's the great tragedy of child sexual abuse is that um, uh, there's one in every three girls and one in every six boys are uh, sexually abused. Oh, where are they? They're all out there in society suffering and uh, enduring uh, this terrible abuse. So, uh, you know, uh, we have to get new parenting methods. Uh, Parents and the law has to be so strict of any child abuse in the home. So you're saying to me that if somebody is a victim of this, there's a greater propensity for them to abuse in turn as they grow up. Absolutely. They're in the, their experience of, uh, of their first experience of sex, uh, which is, of sure, a, a very, tro- very uh, dramatic uh, event. And if it's done to them by a male, 
you know, or anyone, they're shocked and they're traumatized, of course. And we've seen all that with the clerical sexual abuse and over the years, uh, how much of this has gone on. And now it's, but it's in all society, uh, you know. I mean, 90% of our abusers are men, living partners of the mother of the child or the biological father or uh, uh, friends who are the traffickers. You know, they're selling the children to their friends and uh, customers. So, yes, it is in the childhood uh, abuse where all of this begins. You're right. And back to the Philippines, where you are and have been for many years. Like, this is well known, as you say. Uh, you, you said the police don't pay much attention to it. What about the government there? This is a stain on the nation. Well, yeah, uh, they're living with it. But, you know, there's, uh, yes, this is, we're fighting and battling uh, all of this. Do you know, it's only, we've been fighting uh, for 10 years to have the law changed here so that, the old law made by the males uh, in the Congress so that the 12-year-old child could be uh, sexually abused uh, with no consequences because they set the age of consent at 12 years old. Imagine that. Uh, it was legally to, if they got persuaded or they brainwashed the child for the child to say, yes, this man is a, he's like a, a brother to me and I love him. And I had sex with him and I'm only 12 years old, but he's uh, 25 or 30. It's not a crime. It's a consent. Now, we've lobbied for 10 years and finally that law is about to be signed, uh, changing it to 16 years old. So that any act of sex with a 16-year-old child and younger in the Philippines, it will be rape, statutory rape. So we've at least that's a big victory we had uh, just uh, a month ago. God, it's taken time when you think of 12 and the innocence of childhood and a childhood should be happy and innocent. And as I listen to you today, it's it's, it's shocking to contemplate, isn't it? It really is. And the numbers you mentioned there uh, as well, yeah. it really is well, heartbreaking. Let me, let me just let me add, you know, I uh, working there with the former TD, uh, Maureen O'Sullivan, we uh, introduced uh, legislation into the doll that would... Uh, get the doll to pass a law to prevent uh, a convicted pedophile from traveling abroad because they all go abroad to abuse children and to put a stamp in their passport that they are convicted, at least. But, you know, there's the politicians in the Dublin, oh, they don't want that. It's, oh, everyone has a constitutional right to travel even if they are a child rapist. Yeah, well, I see there you guys had a law passing only uh, two months in a month, uh, banning all Irish from traveling even two kilometers because of the lockdown and the COVID. How about that? But the pedophiles can travel abroad and uh, rape children, and they say, "Oh, he has a right to do that." But you guys uh, can't even go two kilometers out of your house. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm, it brings it all home it, because you know what it says: where there's a will, there's yeah. a way. Well, yeah, but if the doll, if the politicians there woke up and started uh, acting to protect uh, children, I think you'd have a better Ireland and much better protection of children. And we'd be, our children here would be also protected. For sure, for sure. You do fantastic work. You really do with the Prada Foundation in the Philippines. And you've brought light and joy to children who've been through terror and pain 
and shocking things that they should never, ever experience. You've made so many good points to me today. I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears. I really do hope you're successful uh, with the strands you're taking on. There are quite a number of them as well. And keep up the great work. Okay, thank you very much, Jerry. All the best. Take care. And all to all your listeners, uh, we wish the listeners, uh, you know, a very happy Christmas and may their families be always safe. God thank bless you. God bless you too, Father Shay Cullen. Thank you for taking our call today uh, on late lunch. My word, folks. I don't know what to say. Just you'd be horrified, wouldn't you? Horrified that anybody would touch a child ever, ever, ever. I don't mind what adults do consensually when you reach an age. That's your own business. Ever lay a finger on a child. Oh, my God. It is just unfathomable and uh, unacceptable and shocking. And I concur with uh, the majority of what Father Shea said there. We can make real changes at this end in Ireland that will stop this in its tracks once and for all. Oh my God, Jerry! poor little innocent children. I'm absolutely sick listening to that. And that's the way we should all feel. Sick listening to Father Shea Cullen. Understanding that there are people in our midst, online, abusing children from Ireland in other parts of the world, and more than likely in this country as well, and paying for it and going on flights out there to do it as well. They need to be rooted out, found, and like Mr Craven the law come to bear upon them. And if, you, if you're if you not familiar with the ins and outs of that story, Paul Reynolds on the RTE website, there's a marvellous, marvellous piece in there. And he's been following this for a time, but his, his latest one, read it and, and educate yourself on this. It is well worth reading. It really, really is. Now, let's uh, lighten matters up on late lunch this afternoon because I want to say you're so good. The Christmas cards, they're coming. You know what I'm doing? I want you to send me a Christmas card this Christmas time and I'll return one to you. But it's a special card. It's from the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. I'm supporting them this Christmas. They have lovely cards. If you buy them, you're supporting the centre and you can send them to your friends and family. I'll send you a card back. Send me a card. Jerry Kelly, LMFM Radio, Rat Mullen Road, Drogheda. And I'll reply to you, I promise you. They're coming in by the new time. What lovely writing this is from Eilish, Tina, Caroline and Jonathan. Rowan Heights, they're not far from us here. You're beautiful writers, you really are. Thanks for the lovely card, I appreciate it. Look at this one from Michelle Roddy in Irish Town RD, sending us good wishes today. Miriam McKeown's been in with a card as well to us today. Here's a lovely one. Love what you are doing, Jerry, for the Gary Kelly Centre. I have a number of charities I support, including the Irish Kidney Association. Good on you. That comes in from Siobhan. On Corbally in RD in County Loud. Love the show. Thanks a million for that one there. Here's another from Paul and Anne Crilly and family. You never gave me your address, Crillies. I can't send the card back to you. There's a brilliant one here from Madeline and Oliver Kenny in Talonstown, just outside Dundalk. Thank you so much. The Magi on the front of it there. Who's this one from? Mary Bannon. Oh, Mary. Anna Gasson in County Loud. And look at this one. A pop-up card. It's a pop-up card and it says, Dear Gang Gang, hope you have a great Christmas. I can't wait to spend it with you. Love always from Ava and from Mam and Dad, Sarah and Kieran. And uh, all the kisses on it as well. 
Isn't that just lovely? Thanks, Ava. Really, really appreciate it. I really, really do. I love that card. Here's another one. This comes in from uh, Breedy Carlin in Kells this morning. Love your programme and the banter between yourself and Louise. It reminds me of the way myself and my mother used to carry on. Ah, thanks indeed for those lovely words. And one more here. Loads of them. Anto McDonald in Bohabrua in Drahan. I'd like to wish you and Louise a very happy Christmas. The afternoons wouldn't be the same without you and so on and so on they go. I thank you for your kindness with the cards. Keep them coming to us. We really appreciate it. And I must show you a picture out in the hallway of LMF the FM there. I'm uh, posting all the cards on the rails up the stairs and we'll take pictures and we'll show you all the cards we've got in so far. Really do appreciate your kindness. Coming up after two on late lunch, sea swimming coach Grania McGrath is with me, but taking us towards two. Ah, it's herself. It's Miss Mariah. One of my favourite Christmas songs of all time. Stay with us on late lunch. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. Now, sea swimming, we've spoken about it from time to time, especially over the last couple of years where it's really taken off and the numbers have grown, I know, along the coast here in the northeast on the beaches of Meath and Louth. Well, we're going to chat about sea swimming, but perhaps from a slightly different angle for the next while, because I'm joined by open water swimming coach Grania McGrath, who's based in Balbriggan and is familiar with our seasides up this neck of the woods. Hello, Grania. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much. No, not at all. I'm delighted to have you on the show today. Tell us a bit bit about yourself first, uh, being an open water swimming coach. What do you do? Okay, so um, basically I started, I coached in a lot of your swim pools up in Drada, so a lot of people up there wouldn't know me. Um, And then throughout lockdown, I became an open water coach because I've always swam in the sea throughout my life. So um, I would take children from five years up to 89 years whatever all the way up um, into the water and I just do like um, just awareness um, introductions to open water so teaching them about what to look for how they're coming into the beaches um, what um, weather what apps to use just um, basic knowledge and currents and stuff how to look at the water before they actually get in and how to keep themselves safe. Mm, it's a different scenario to going to a pool. It is, definitely. There's a mm. lot more to be thinking about. <laughs> there really, really is. Yeah. And all that type of stuff is so important, and you need to yeah. be au with it. I, I, I think it's great what you do. And, and you know yourself, there is a surge in interest in this. But there's also been a surge when it comes to water quality. You've been commenting about this. Definitely. So um, I really noticed it last summer, um, some of the beaches were getting closed around the country and it was really just happening as the busy season was happening. So um, a lot of the councils, ha- they basically have a bathing season. But we mm. all know there's no such thing as a bathing season anymore because there's yeah. people swimming in the sea all year round. Yes. So, um, yeah, we just are trying to make the council more aware and more take more responsibility, basically, because it's 
at this stage, it's it's a bit like neglect at this mm. stage mm. of people are swimming and a lot of people tend to be getting sick because of the water quality. So you've experienced this. You you've actually know that people you've been involved with and that have swam with you have become unwell and you can put it yeah. down to the quality of the water. Yeah, definitely. Now, luckily, it's only happened once for me, but I have heard, like, I'm on the beaches every day and mm. I'm talking to hundreds of people that are swimming and they've told me loads of stories um, throughout that they've gotten in and they're feeling ill and they've been fine for days beforehand and then they put it down to that one dip that they've had. Mm. This is uh, not nice to hear because, you know, the the whole area of water quality is a big issue and it's never out of the public domain, to be honest with you. So yeah. what are you talking about? Are you talking about, you know, untreated wastewater, sewage, uh, yeah. streaming out from river channels out into the sea and, and, and you know, being along the, the shore there, resting along there when people are swimming? Is that it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. So we found out that um, a lot of the uh, plants that are um, fixing, like they're meant to be treating the treatment plants, they don't turn on their UV light that's meant to kill the bacteria before it's released in. So they're only turning that on throughout um, the months of the main summer months, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's just been a lot of stuff that's been stopped in, and it's meant to be going on throughout the year. Mm. And that season, just to remind people, is June the 1st to September the 15th. But exactly. my God almighty, as you yeah. say, people are swimming now all year round. So this UV light is important in terms of killing uh, the nasty yeah, and yeah. bacteria in that as well. So it only yeah. applies at that time of the year. And you're saying really it should be an all year round thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, there's been a bill put through the doll there recently. So we're hoping that will go through and everything will be started to be monitored. Like a lot more testing needs to be done throughout the year. Because mm. um, if you go on beaches.ie, I think the last test was done on that. Because that will tell you what beaches were tested. Um, and the last test, I think, was, was in September. Mm. And so how many people are swimming in the beaches from September to now, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the last summer, I'd say, well, you know, we had exceptional times, hadn't we? Wonderful mm-hmm. dry weather, long dry spell. So rivers would get low and anything coming out, you know, that that was an aspect of it as well, I'd say, that didn't help with what, yeah. with, with what you're talking about. But there certainly is. We think we're great with the greenest country just off the edge of Europe. But you know something? It's only a misnomer in, in, in a lot of ways. You know that yeah. yourself. You know, there's a lot of issues that we've got to deal with here and one of them uh, being water quality. What about this year, the jellyfish thing? Was that another th- uh, <laughs> plague you had to dodge? Yeah, it, they're, they're around all year round Are anyway. They? Yeah. yeah. Like people think they're just here for the summer. Okay. They do come up, they come up for the heat. So they are basically, they're just out deeper. Yeah. Um. But they will come in for shallow water for the heat in the summer. And, yeah, it's just one of them things. You have to <laughs> um, protect yourself. A, a wetsuit pretty much covers covers you. Just, um, yeah, I, t- I tend to get stung every two years. Do you? But would you, yeah. say, would you say that to people thinking of taking this up or even established people? It's important to have a wetsuit. Yeah. All, yeah. Year, all year round? Um, no, not really. Like, um, I, I'm in a wetsuit because I coach. Yeah. So, um, because I'm standing around a lot. 
if I was just dipping myself now, I wouldn't even put a wetsuit on. I'd be just getting in to go okay. for a swim and coming back out. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it really depends on yourselves. Like, I'm not going to tell somebody to go out and buy a wetsuit. Yeah. Um, you want to enjoy what you're enjoying and not bring extra hassle to us. Yeah. And a lot of people feel a wetsuit is hassle. Okay, okay. But it, it is. it will help to keep you warm and protect you as well. Tell me this. I always ask people who are in the seat, uh, and let's see what you answer on this one. <laughs> is it warmer in the wintertime in the water than in the summertime, or is that another misnomer? Is it warmer in the winter? No. You know the way they say, you see, that the temperature of the sea, mm-hmm. uh, the sea cools the land in the summer. I, yeah. we, I learned this at school many moons ago. Yeah. It's probably ancient history at this stage, not geography. Um, <laughs> and and the, it, it, the reverse happens in the winter time of the year where the land gets cold and the sea temperature's a little war- warmer. But when you take your little uh, sensitive bits or anyone does into the sea, that that's not the case, is it? No. No. No, no definitely not. But... As you do get acclimatised to it, you, yeah. you definitely do tend to relax in the winter. Right. Um, but it just, it's a matter of being acclimatised. Like, I still have seven-year-olds that have swam with me, Trey, the whole of summer, and they're still with me now. Good. Um, so it just depends if they keep going throughout. And then, like, if you don't swim at all, everybody will come to you and go, the water in Ireland's cold all year round. Mm. But that's for people that don't swim yes. so if you're swimming in the winter and you swim throughout you'll really feel the benefits okay. come the summer and, and you'll wh- notice the temperature change and, and those benefits what are the benefits what do you feel exhilarated when you come out is, oh, is that it yeah definitely like it's just when you're in the water I don't like I can't speak for everybody but I just feel you're leaving whatever's on land on land so when you're in the water you're just thinking of your breathing um, because you have to control your breathing for the cold. Mm. Um, and then it's more like a meditation. So you're literally, it's just you and the water for that few minutes, and then you're back on land, and you, you just, and then when you're heated up, and you're just like, oh my God, that feeling is like nothing else. Mm. When you've put the hot water bottle against you, and you've put all <laughs> your warm clothes on. <laughs> it's great. It feels great, and you it get is. it done. Do you stay in for long? No, it's not about, like, this time of year, it's not about being in for long. It's just about getting that climatisation, keeping, keeping you, being able to go in and out throughout. Mm. Um, it's not about staying in forever. Like I say to people, get out wanting more, because once you're in there and you feel like you're in there too long, then hypothermia starts setting in, and then your cold shock sets in, and then you're in, in the danger zone. Yeah. And, and and when you come out, important to get dry quickly and a, a hot drink is a is a help, yes? Yes, definitely. Not a hot hot, just something something yeah. warm. Get it get the hats on straight away. Um a lot of sea swimmers will tell you there's no underwear allowed. So it's literally <laughs> straight on to warm clothes. Yeah. Um and get some nice warm drink into you. Yeah. And get moving, get your feet moving, get everything moving. And then warm up gradually. No, the last few days with Storm Barra blasting across the country and you look at the sea and the waves yeah. belting in. Do you Did you ever swim in really rough conditions? I take, like, yesterday and, and the conditions were just so dangerous. You wouldn't go no. near the sea, I take it. No. God, no. I wouldn't even... It, it, at, like, days like yesterday, the only thing you want to do is look at us. 
yes. and that's just appreciate it for what it is. Just look at it. <laughs> I it's think beautiful that's, from I think a far, far distance. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. It is. But when you see people, you know, out uh, trying to surf or trying to do anything on the sea in conditions like that, it is lunacy, really, you have to say. I know there might be a great thrill in it, but you're uh, endangering yourself and you're you are, endangering yeah. others who may be called out to try and rescue exactly. you. Um, yeah. the, the growth in this uh, uh, goes without saying. I started by mentioning this when we began talking is yeah. phenomenal so it, it really has something that attracts people to it and then they stay with it yeah definitely and it, it's it's helped so many through this pandemic mm. like mental health wise um, it's really really helped I just I was even thinking like years ago when I was on the beaches I've been swimming all my life and um, because I was a pool coach I used to use the sea just for my own self and then when I stopped coaching in the pools and went to the sea um, to make a living, yeah. I just found so many more people were on us. Mm. And it was just for, like, great, and for ages all over. Yes. So, and people that d- still don't know how to swim, but they just want the benefit of that cold water therapy, as they want to call it. Mm. And when you look at where we are and where you are, you start, say, at yeah. Scaries, Balbriggan, and, and I know you walk the whole coastline here into County Mead, yeah. Laytown, Bettystown, yeah. into Loud, then Baltray, German Fekin, Tarhead, and like, right we're, we're up the coast. With them all. Yeah, yeah, to North Loud. Look at all the beautiful beaches we have there. It's, we're just blessed, aren't we, to have that facility yeah, on our doorstep. All we need. Is cleaner water, Grania? But that's it. That's what we're trying. I'm trying to, like, last summer now, I did seven beach camps. And one of them, I nearly had to bring everybody to a different beach because it got shut down. Mm. But it was getting shut down on a test that was done nearly a year beforehand. So we were like, you can't do that. Mm. So I had to, we had to try and fight with TDs to come out and get more tests done regularly. And luckily it was okay then. Yes. So hopefully this bill will be passed now in the doll and um, a lot more testing will be done and a lot more um, regulation of the surge yes. going in. I um, say here, here to that one again today. I'm saying this all the way in the show today. Anyway, you're, you're, to, to check you out, you, you come under the uh, name of Splashing to Swimming, is it? That's it, yep. That's me. Splashing, Splashing to, to swimming. swimming is where you'll find out more about this wonderful woman and what yeah. she does. Who's your assistant there beside you? Oh, can you hear her? Sorry, I was telling her she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's my daughter, Dree. She's, we're just sitting in the car waiting for <laughs> my son to come out of school. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. What age is she? She's five. Ah, she's yeah. lovely. Tell her, hello, Dre. I, I hear her there in the background. She wants to be on the radio with Mammy. And uh, <laughs> it's lovely to hear that. Anyway, uh, at the school gate for the collection. Ah, well, good on you. Well, listen, uh, a happy swimming and in cleaner seas. And thank you for joining me. And a happy Christmas to yourself and all the, yourself. the sea swimmers. Thanks very much. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Grania McGrath there. Do you sea swim? Anyone listen to us today that actually sea swims on a regular basis? To come across anything like that that uh, Grania's bringing attention to there has to be tighter, hasn't it? Has to be more checking it. And nothing worse than sewage going out into the sea and it not treated and that. On oh, the name of God, that shouldn't be happy. Jerry, I spotted a bunch of sillies who were out swimming in the sea in the middle of the storm. That woman should be. Brought in to teach them how to cop on, says a listener this afternoon. They are. I didn't think anybody would be out swimming in that, to be honest with you. Will you stop talking about filth at this hour of the day? We were talking to Father Shea Cullen from the Philippines at the start of the show. Our kids are listening. Look, I apologise if it 
fell on, on, on little ears, to be honest with you. Uh, and the listener goes on to say, you're obsessed with felt. Not one bit obsessed. What I'm obsessed with is outing and finding people who abuse children. That's the obsession. And that has to be the whole focus of this. And that's why we spoke to Father Shea Cullen today to bring it more into the public domain, that people understand that there are mainly men, and you'd have to say nearly 100% men, among us who are involved in this online and fly abroad to abuse children. Irish men in families and communities as we speak today. That is the whole thrust of the conversation with Father Shea Cullen today and nothing else to be honest with you. Uh, Jerry, I was just listening there to your interview with the swimming lady and I'm delighted to hear you say the word mammy. It's not a word you hear mentioned nowadays much. It's all mum or mom, mom or mum. Thank you for your comment. I never really twigged that myself but you know you have a point. I know in our family it's mam we use, the abbreviation of mammy. But where did mom, you're right, or mum come from? That's certainly, I'll tell you where it came from. The United States of America, or the United Kingdom, beamed in on TV first and then across the internet where you can get all this type of stuff. What do you, does anyone call their mammy mammy anymore? Mrs Brown's boys, mammy, she's called mammy, isn't she, by the cast on the TV show. Is Mammy out the window? Is it your mum or your mum nowadays? 086-1800-658 if you have anything to say on the Mammy front. You can call in as well on 1857-15958. The killers and human on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Great to have you with us on the show. It's interesting to hear what you have to say about the Mammy Ward. Mina Curran's been on from Kells. Hello, Mina. Nice to hear from you again today. Says her daughter, Erin, if she didn't call her Mammy or Mam, there'd be ructions in the house. There's no mum or mum in our house. Hi, Jerry. Another listener says, uh, I hear what you're on about there. I have two children, one aged 50. He calls me Mam. The other one calls me Mammy. They're both sons, Mam and Mammy. God, I love that one. There's another one there from Joanne. I have five children, Jerry, and they all call me Mammy. I love it. I wouldn't have anything else, says Joanne today. Uh, used to call them ma'am, then mother, then to annoy her, I called her mud. <laughs> I love that one. I was the only one of six, uh, says a listener there, to get away with you. Good thing. I'd say there was a bit of slag in there. All right. There's another one just into me from Eileen. My six children still call me mammy and my adult grandchildren Call me granny. Jerry, you can't beat it. Lovely to hear from you, Eileen, this afternoon. Well, did they call you mammy? Anybody called mum or mom and like it? I'm not hearing any of those. There's more there all enjoying that they are being called mammy by their children. If you have anything to add, we'd love to hear from you. Always do on late lunch. 086-1800-658. Come on, WhatsApp or text me if you'd like to call in. It's 1850-715-958. Just before I go to the break, just reminding you, uh, for all your Christmas hits, LMFM Christmas is back. You can pick it up on lmfm.ie. Uh, when you go in there, you click on LMFM Christmas or download the app, as I always say. And it's brought to you by White River Motorsports Park, Cullen County Loud. Experience the brilliant European Standard karting track 
Gift vouchers are available. Log on to whiteriver.ie or call 0419819100. After the break, it's wildlife on late lunch. Cast your mind back, and I do, to February in this year. Well, there was a huge fanfare around the opening of the first Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital in Ireland in County Meath beside Tarnary Pub. You know Tarnary Pub there at Garlow Cross. And I remember uh, chatting about it here on the show to the lady who joins me again today. Aoife McPartland, welcome back. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me again. Well, look at you uh, signed a, a 12-month lease. I know they're on the stables with an option at the field at the back. But you ha- you're on the move. You have to move, I believe. We do. Unfortunately, we find ourselves in the position of having to leave the current site. Um, So as we speak, we are deconstructing all of the work that was done in the stable yard and out in the field. um, And we're going to have to pack up and go, unfortunately. This is sad and a a real pity. I know you had only the 12-month lease and you were hoping to get into the field, as I mentioned there at the back, but it's not to be. There's no, no more negotiation on this or anything. It's over, is it, yet there? Yes, it is. Unfortunately, Jerry, um, I'm not. I can't obviously speak for yes. the McCarthy family, yes. you know. Yes, but yes, um, yes, yeah, yes, un- yes. unfortunately, we don't have that site available to us anymore. So okay. um, we are now currently looking for a new home for our wildlife hospital. What's the uh, situation there? I know there has been talk uh, about Lobenstown as a potential site. Is that a runner or not a runner? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was on the cards. Um, we actually saw 28, would you believe, different councillors and politicians over the last couple of months trying to get their support in terms of trying to find an alternative site because, you know, we love me. We want to stay in me, and it's where all our volunteers are. So we really don't want to have to leave this county. And we're, we're from me ourselves, you know, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, due to the visit, I think, from, from the councillors, uh, they offered Lobenstown as a possibility, um, but it has to go to a vote. So we haven't heard the result of that yet. And then uh, we also had Councillor Sharon Tolan of Eastmead contact us as well about a private site in Mornington, which we are also looking at. So, I mean, you know, we're not... We're not in the doldrums. <laughs> We're quite hopeful. Yes, that you will be accommodated somewhere. Put this in context, in terms of the creatures that you've helped. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think even it surprised even ourselves just in terms of the numbers that we had here. You know, we did kind of think maybe five or 600 might come through in the year, but we actually saw over 2,500. So it was phenomenal. And I think it just demonstrates the need for such a thing in the country. In fact, there could be one in every county, I think, at this yeah. rate. But um, so we've seen 94, would you believe, different sites in the last couple of months trying to find a new home. So that's how difficult it's been. Um, but now we do have these two, hopefully, options um, on the table. So we're, we're keeping everything crossed, Jerry. If anybody's listening today who might uh, have something to offer you or be interested in talking to you, you, you you're open to other suggestions as well, I take it. Absolutely. I mean, we we wouldn't say no to anything. Like I say, we've already looked at ninety four uh, different sites, and um, we've we've spoken to twenty eight different government uh, representatives. And um, so we're we're open and willing to speak to absolutely anybody at all. Um, I'll tell you what we do need, though, just while we're while we're on it, if it's okay. Um, we have a lot of porter cabins that were very generously uh, donated uh, by Jerry over there in Insta Space and Julique, but we need them moved. So if there was anyone that had like a high ab. 
you know, a crane that could help us move them. We could love that. <laughs> and and have you somewhere to put them? I suppose you know, if you have no definite place, what will you do with them? Have you storage for yeah. them? Yeah, yeah, we will absolutely. Thankfully, we have had offers offers of storage, which has been really, really helpful. So, um, if we don't have a site by um, kind of the very beginning of January, the third of January, we have to leave this current site. So, if we don't have a new site for the hospital by then, we do have storage at least. So, um, we do have somewhere to put the stuff, which is okay. Okay, and what's the easiest way people get in touch with you if that rings a bell with anybody either? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they want to contact us, the, the best email address to reach us on is inquiries at wri.ie. Um, so that's probably the handiest one. That's monitored by a number of people uh, throughout the day. So that's, again, more of our fantastic volunteers. And I suppose it's really important, Jerry, as well, maybe just to shout out to all of those people, because as you know from chatting to us before, the support has been unbelievable. And the amount of people that volunteer time and the local businesses and the tradespeople, everybody has helped out to get this to where it is. And like I say, two and a half thousand animals through the door you know it's been absolutely phenomenal and even as we speak we still have animals here and we're hoping that they will be good to go before the 3rd of January and they should be because we um, aren't really taking any more admissions kind of officially closing the doors tomorrow to admissions so we have um, some with four actually red listed birds on the site at the moment with four kestrels so we're really really excited about getting them back out so that just kind of you know gives you an idea of the of the type of of the type of you know the type of animals that we have here and the the reason that we need to be here is just to mm. keep those animals going you know I, I think of you know hedgehogs badgers foxes when mm. you talk about birds pigeons buzzards you mentioned the kestrel is there what's been the the most frequent visitor to the wildlife hospital I would say probably pigeons or gulls. <laughs> right. Yeah, we yeah. had a lot, a lot of pigeons and gulls. Um, but then, of course, we did also take gull eggs as well from the NPWS where there was licences to remove the nests. So rather than destroy the eggs, we took 76 herring gull eggs in here and uh, we incubated them and hatched them and they're all now gone off. So that was they added to mm. the numbers as well, you know. Yeah. So uh, they're the most popular visitors to to the place. The kestrel, a kestrel is is a beauty. Anything unusual, more unusual than the kestrel art? Yeah, I mean, we've, I have to say we've seen everything come right. through from the tiny, tiny shrew all the way up to a fawn, um, which we have here at the moment. And uh, she's a gorgeous seeker fawn. And actually, she's not a tiny fawn, obviously, this time of year, but she everyone keeps reminding us that she looks like the little the little reindeer on the on the ad at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've had everything from pine martens right through to your otters. We still have some otters here. We've three on Dunsany and we've one otter with us in here in the hospital as well. Um, we've had the badgers, um, we've had bats, we've had all kinds of birds, um, you know, from water birds right through to all of your, your top predatory birds as well. Um, peregrine falcons and buzzards and the whole lot, sparrow hawks, yeah, owls, we've had them all. You have the life, you really do, <laughs> dealing with all those lovely creatures because they are beautiful. And in general terms, when you get them in, you do rehabilitate them and they go back into the wild. That's exactly it. That's it. Yep. That's why we're here. If we yeah. can't put them back, I mean, you know, if if it's deemed that they're not going to survive in the yes. wild, they will be euthanized because that's mm. just, you know, the fairest thing. You can't put a wild animal into the wild if it's not going to have a fair chance. So, um, yeah. So everything that we rehabilitate goes straight back to where it came from. 
That's great to hear. And you have a, I know you have a very high success rate as well. And, you know, you provide a service there. I know your local vet is on the doorstep as well. But what you do is a bit different about the creatures uh, you look after as well. And you do provide a service and fill a gap in the market. And I think you're crucial. Look, you're not going to go to Mayo, I take it, if you've got an offer over there. <laughs> No, we're really, really trying our best to stay in Meath and that's why we're kind of appealing. That's why we went to all our local councillors and politicians to try and keep it here because we absolutely don't want to have to go. Um, so yeah, we're keeping everything crossed that one of those two, if not another site, works out over here. What is the end date for taking in casualties? Has that gone already or what's the story there? It is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Friday, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, the 10th. Yeah, that's, that'll be our final admission. And that's really just to make sure that we don't have any animals. You know, mm. when we move, we need to be able to make sure that whatever we take in, we can release before we go. So Yeah. Well, look, yeah. you, you, you do a fantastic job. And I know the support you get, the volunteers, the donations. And we have to mention the family there who've been very good to you uh, for the last year or so as well. And I just hope that it works out in County Mead. I know there are a number of people pulling for you and I hope you get the site sooner rather than later. Let us know, won't you, if uh, you have some good news for us because we'd we'd like to spread the word as well. Inquiries at WRI.ie. That's inquiries at WRI.ie if you can help with the porter cabins or if you're listening today and you think you might have some ground that might help uh, the hospital out, they're interested in hearing from you. Wish you well, Eva. Happy Christmas to everybody. You too. Thanks so much for having us, Jerry. Not Thanks at million. all. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We love wildlife on late lunch. Yes, we do. And that uh, hospital does fantastic work. I hope they're fixed up. I really do. Um, and uh, stay in me. That's their desire to stay in the Royal County. So if you can help and you're listening there today, uh, do make the inquiry there from uh, that address that I gave you a few moments ago. Late Lunch LMFM Radio, just reminding you that you can win a €1,000 gift card in Scotch Hall this Christmas time. How do you go about it? When you go to Scotch Hall, if you spend €25 in any of the outlets there, the lovely shops, enter the draw. There's there's an entry form. Get it when you spend €25. Stick your name and details on it. Pop it in the draw drum and your name could come out. And if it comes out, you'll be spinning that wheel. Yes, you will indeed. And we'll read your name out here on LMFM Radio and tell everybody about it and tell them you're going to be richer at this Christmas time. Good luck to you. There are a number of names in the hat already. You could join them and it could be your turn to win this Christmas time. Check it out when you're in Scotch Hall Shopping Centre in Drogheda. Still to come on late lunch, my artist of the week. It's Prince this week. Have a great one for you today. And what about that lottery jackpot? Why hasn't it been won? And listen to this. There's a big prize sitting somewhere around the northeast that hasn't been claimed. We're going to be talking about that too before the end of the show. Stay with us. Elton John and Ed Sheeran with a new one, Merry Christmas. It's a great one, isn't it? Lovely liaison there between the two boys from different uh, generations. Well done to them. Nice to hear a freshener at Christmas time to add all the old favourites. Here's a a very interesting message just sent to me there. Hi, Jerry. I always call my mammy ma'am. And I used to be able to get Christmas cards with ma'am or mammy on them. Not anymore. You can only get cards with mum or mummy. How very English that is. Yes, that is the influence I'm talking about from outside. 
Isn't that interesting? No cards with mam or mammy on them anymore. Here's another one from a listener. Thank you indeed for all your messages this afternoon. Hi, Jerry. I get all names fired at me. I get mam, mother. My grandkids call me nan, bunny, nanny. Funny thing, I answer to them all. My hubby gets nanda, grandpa. Wouldn't bother me what they call me, says uh, an LMFM listener this afternoon. Thank you for the message. Oh, now I know. It is Mrs. Claus. Listen to this. Everyone here in the workshop in the North Pole calls me Mrs. Claus. Mammy. Even the man himself. Only 16 sleeps to go. Ho, 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 says Santa's little helper. There you go. So Mammy Claus is called Mammy Claus in the North Pole. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. Thanks for listening. We're going to news, weather and sport now. But after three, I have a great one from my Artist of the Week, Prince. And the big question, why hasn't that mega lotto jackpot been won? Yes, it's Mammy all the way with Late Lunch listeners this afternoon. That's for sure. You voted with your text and WhatsApps. Nobody telling me that mom or mum is the word it's mammy or ma'am and good to hear I will dig out that song by St Peter's Male Voice Choir before we break for Christmas and I will play it for you on late lunch thanks indeed for your message to the show this afternoon now my artist of the week this week is Prince and taking up the story in the noughties yes during the noughties Prince continued to release new music without achieving the previous consistent chart success he toured extensively and successfully on the back of his back catalogue and he'll be remembered here in Ireland for cancelling a Croke Park gig at short notice in 2008 you see it's not just Garth Brooks but it cost Prince listen to this 3 million in court when promoters MCD sued him for costs and refunds to the 55,000 fans who bought tickets his final albums appeared in 2015 and 2016 but by that time there were serious concerns about his health and well-being. In April 2016 he fell unwell on a flight back to Minneapolis and was treated for the effects of opiates. He appeared to recover well and was seen out and about in his hometown. However, on April 21st the local sheriff's office in Carver County took a 911 call requesting an ambulance and assistance to Prince's home where he was found non-responsive and pronounced dead shortly afterwards. The examiner's report revealed he had died of an accidental overdose of fentanyl at the age of 57. Believe it or not, Prince died in test date. More about this tomorrow. But back to 84 today, from that stellar album Purple Rain, and this one, massive number one in the US of A. Prince went doves cry. My artist of the week on late lunch this week. From that unbelievable album Purple Rain. By God, that album set him on his way, didn't it? And all the hits it spawned. Anyway, he died in testate. Unbelievable. No will made and the problems that caused. I'll tell you all about it tomorrow on the show. And you won't believe the amount of music uh, that's still there, unreleased from this man, uh, that 
he could re- could be released by his estate or whatever or his foundation for years and years to come but I'll bring you up to speed on that tomorrow when we round off Prince on Late Lunch round about this time on the show and just before we head to our final break sad news reaching us in the last 60 minutes or so remember Bronsky beat Steve Bronsky the founder has passed away just news breaking in the last hour there many people enjoyed Bronsky beat and their music After the break, what's the story with this massive lottery jackpot and why hasn't it been won? We'll be joined by Fran Weirty from the National Lottery. 19.06 million, yes, that's the first prize and it's been rolling along, hasn't been won since Wednesday, June 9th. It's the longest ever in the history of the lottery. Joining me to have a chat about it and an unclaimed prize sitting here in the North East. I'm delighted to say hello again to Fran Weirty from the National Lottery. Hello, Fran. Hiya, Jerry. It's a jackpot that nobody wants. <laughs> Fran! Well, if you're giving it away, there's a fella here on the end of the line who uh, wouldn't say no to it. But by God almighty, this is unprecedented. And I'm sure you're blue in the face addressing this issue. People are saying, oh, it's fixed and they can manipulate the balls and the numbers. No such thing. Look, it, this just shows how much everybody loves the lotto. It's on the tip of everybody's tongue. But it is the most bizarre roll of events, sequence of events that we've ever seen. We were doing the maths here. We could be playing the lotto here for another 100 years and we would never see a roll like this ever occurring again. So really, as soon as we get a lotto jackpot winner, we will be the happiest people in Ireland, let alone the winners of the 19.06 million. <laughs> Look, you know the questions that come up. There are too many numbers now. Pull out a couple of the numbers. What do you say to people when they say that to you? It's really interesting. People are talking about the two additional numbers that were added in 2015. That's six years ago. There's never been an issue. Like, even if you look at the lotto jackpot this year, we've had five lotto jackpot winners. And even the three weeks preceding this roll, we had three lotto jackpot winners in a row. Mm. So that just shows you how how much the lotto jackpot has been won in those preceding six years. And it's never been an issue before. So really, it just boils down to a really bizarre roll sequence that has not seen a jackpot winner in that time. Like If you look at the lotto plus one and lotto plus two games, they have the exact same number of balls and they and they run, you'll see them on the Saturday yes. night. They're done before the main draw. In the Lotto Plus One, which is a top prize of one million, we've had six winners in that time. Mm. And the same for Lotto Plus Two, we've had seven winners. So it's, it just really is so strange. Now, I do know that with the jackpot not being won, five number winners are getting yeah. more money for sure. Exactly. So that's the question we're getting. Where is all the money going that would usually go to the jackpot? So it's going to the next available prize tier. So in a lot of the draws, it's going to the lot of match five and the bonus. So you would have seen last night, there was three winners of over €700,000 who shared that money. And the, and the previous Saturday, we had a winner in Limerick who shared a million, or that won a million on their own. But if it's not won at the lot of match five and the bonus, not bonus prize category, it actually rolls further down to the match five. So we've had quite a few winners in Loud and Mead who have shared in around twenty to thirty thousand euro in prizes, where they would really originally uh, only win just over a thousand euros. So people are seeing the benefits. I know some people would like to see that money going to the match three or the match four prize levels, but it's going to those tiers next to the jackpot where there's a winner. 
the talk has always been as well that when you do give away the big and you will and it will happen that's inevitable you know people often say look if you have five plus the bonus or five geez, you're not that far away and the prize at times when the lottery jackpot is won there should be more money given to those particular people what, what do you say to that? You know it's the age old question so over uh, over half of the money spent on national lottery games including the lotto goes to prizes so you have a limited prize fund, so you have to match the expectation of creating excitement at the high jackpot levels, but while also giving people the rewards uh, for the lower prize tiers, like the match three, match four. I always say people don't play the lotto to match five numbers. They want to win the jackpot prize. <laughs> but there are some people who do like to play, uh, and let's say they play, they want to win the match three numbers and win a small few bob. That's why we have the Lotto 54321 game. If you pick three numbers out of the six, you can win 550 euro, for example. So for people who do want the mid-tier prizes, Lotto 54321 is your game. But if you're a jackpot chaser, like, like many of the people, Lotto is your game. Yeah, the big prize is certainly the attraction. Just as an interest from my point of view, you know when it goes to the max, 19.06 million uh, sales are are flying along for you. Has the level of sales maintained or has interest waned as the week's gone by? So we all, do you know something? Getting a jackpot to 10 million is a rare occurrence in itself. We usually have one or maybe two a year. So what you'll see is when the jackpots hit 10 million, People are a lot more interested. You're getting people who don't regularly play. They come in at 10 million. And that's continued up to the 19 million. It was great excitement. So you're kind of seeing the levels just leveling off as 19 million. Um, We've been at the cap since October the 2nd. So people are really, really expecting to see a winner soon. So look, we're just praying to God that it happens well before Christmas at this stage. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about and you to me was the 16th of December and people are saying, what's he talking about the 16th of December? Yeah. Seven days' time. Well, this is an important date for somebody here in the North East. Tell them why, Fran. Look, Telly Bingo, it's, it, we have a really loyal player base and somebody in Drahu plays Telly Bingo won a €35,000 snowball prize on Thursday the 16th of September. We're still waiting to hear from them. Um, and that prize actually expires next week. We've been on the TV on our Telly Bingo draw. We've been out in the media. And I know you've been very good to us as well, Jerry. You've been promoting it. So we are hoping that people go and check their old Telly Bingo tickets. If you have any family members who play Telly Bingo, get them to check their tickets because they're sitting on a €35,000 prize that may expire. Um, now, the actual ticket itself was sold at McDonald's Central Store. That's John Walsh's shop there in Hardman's Garden, Gardens in Drogheda Town. So if you frequent that shop and you, bu- and you have bought a Telebingo ticket, get checking it straight away. My, oh my, I'm just shuddering here uh, thinking about this, that somebody has that and maybe hasn't copped onto it and it's sitting there and they have 35,000 euro cash coming to Christmas any time of the year, never mind. By God, it really is time to scramble around and check your Telly Bingo tickets. Now, that's pinpointing it very well there. Shop, it's a huge shop there. Centra, Harmon's Garden, Walsh's. The ticket was bought there on the 16th of September. Does that ring a bell with you? Get checking, folks, because the lottery want to pay you this 35000 Just again, my curiosity, are there many prizes that go this route? And then what happens to the money if it's not won? We have very rarely, we rarely see big prizes like this, big top prizes 
uh, go on clean. So what we normally see is smaller prizes around the two, three, four euro mark that may not get claimed. So 2% of all national lottery prizes we estimate go unclaimed. But none of this, like to have a, a prize this size is very rare. Mm. Where, do, where does the money go, you ask? It actually goes to promote the national lottery marketing efforts to promote our games and to increase money for good causes as well. But the main message here, Jerry, is we don't want it to, to go unclaimed. We want it to be claimed. We have a um, claims manager that signs all the big checks, and he's actually from Drogheda. So he has a personal interest in this, Ronan Cooney. He wants this Drogheda person to come forward, and he wants to give you the check. Ronan, I know well, funny enough. <laughs> I do indeed. He's a great fella. Anyway, Ronan wants to pay out. So does Fran. So does the lottery. Thursday, the 16th of September, John Walsh's Centre, Hardman Gar- Hardman's Gardens in Drada. Tell you, bingo, 35,000 is yours if you come forward with the uh, ticket and prove that you have it. Fran, wish you well. Hope somebody wins at the weekend. Jerry, I hope to be back on Monday giving you some <laughs> details of a louder mead winner. <laughs> Please, God, you will. Thanks for taking our call. Cheers, Jerry. Thank Take you. Take care. No bother. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Fran Werty there from the National Lottery. 19 million. 1, 4, 7, 9, 16, 32. They are my numbers. Don't do them. I'll do them if you want. So we'll share it. What's 19 million between friends? Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch for this Thursday afternoon. Tomorrow on the show, I pay a visit to a group of musicians. Oh, they're fantastic in Slane. They have so many miles on the clock between them. You won't believe it. Tara Walker's back with our seasonal sides. David Sheehan previews the weekend in sport. We'll have your riddle on Friday. And I launch our Christmas cuties on late lunch tomorrow. Oh, I'm so excited. Big thanks to Eamon Doyle, who guided me through the last couple of hours today. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. See you Friday, 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drawed out and talking cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.